0: Cuff Radio is about to begin.
1: Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. It's such a privilege to... Come to you today, and to introduce you to a dear friend of mine that I've known for quite a while, many years. How many How many years have we known? Cookie, uh, known each other, Cookie since the eighties. Since the eighties. Uh, that's been a while. So yes. this is, uh, we have uh, with us Cookie Rodriguez, and I remember uh, Cookie meeting Cookie in the eighties. I had read her book before then, and uh, she has authored a book, Please Make Me Cry. She has uh, 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 so much to share with us tonight, and and I, I just, uh, first of all, I want to tell you, Cookie, it is great to reunite together with you uh, oh, on this program. I'm so glad you're with us.
2: Oh, I know it. I know it. I'm, you know, Marcia, you're special in my life, and I love you. You know that, yes.
1: Yes, I do. I remember one time um I I we decided to cook for everyone and yeah. invite you to our house. And uh, oh, oh, boy, I mean you brought you brought several carloads of people. <laughs> and yeah. we had A wonderful time. Uh Didn't we have a good time? And that, uh, my mother was with me at that time, and uh, I I had mentioned to you years ago we had uh, uh, ministered up in New York City in the Puerto Rican section of, of New York City. And that's where my mother learned how to cook rose compolla and yes. many of the many of the dishes that are uh, indigenous to your uh, culture. And uh, so we decided to, we decided to cook some of your food for you. Yes. And I don't know if we did a good job or not, but we had a lot of fun trying.
2: Well, we were hungry and we loved it. We had just almost moved to Texas, so I didn't know people really knew what Puerto Ricans were. Yeah. <laughs> at that time, it was more Mexican culture here, and yes. uh, so I was grateful. I was grateful to get that con pollo.
1: Yes, and uh, I tell you what, uh, uh, I was raised on the beans, the red beans, and the rice, and and all of this type of thing. But you know, Cookie, uh, we had much more in common than being able to like the same kind of food. We we love the Lord. And yes. uh, and you you and uh, your household, I'll tell you, were just so so full of Jesus and having such a great time serving the Lord. And uh, during that time, uh, I remember during that evening, we sang and we praised yes. God and we had ourselves a wonderful, wonderful fellowship in the Lord. And that yes. was so good. Uh, bring, bring us up to date a little bit. Uh, Cookie, what are you doing today?
2: well well um, at at my age and you know I am 74 years old um, I'm still working with teenagers with youth I tell people I don't want I don't want to work with adults I don't even understand the language because I've been with teenagers for so many years that's (laughs) the only language I understand but I have uh, we have you know my husband passed away nine years ago and um, we, um, we have a combination of a privately owned small recreation center, and a church It's called street
1: church. Uh-huh.
2: And, and, uh, and the kids come here, they're referred to me by, you know, parents or street kids or probation department or the juvenile department or um, by word of mouth, I still work out in the streets, I still uh, the high school, I do a lot of volunteer work at South Garland, which is one of the at-risk high school in Garland, um, one of the worst, and that's where we're working out of, um, and the principals, and the they've been so wonderful to us. They let us come in, and, and they love us, and then we do an outreach there every Monday.
1: Wonderful. Uh, and
2: so, yes, yes. We invite the kids to come here, and then, you know, so we... Um, a lot of inner city because Garland has come a long ways. Garland is very multicultural now and very, very
1: urban. Where are you located now?
2: Um, we, we're still here on, in Bentline. We work out of South Garland. There's a Methodist church that let me use their building on Mondays so we can reach the South Garland area, the kids there. Then we here on Bentline and Glenbrook. That used to be at one time considered North Garland, but it's not anymore. You know, quote, unquote, North Garland is so urban that it feels more like, you know. Anyway, so we have a building. We rented a storefront that we remodeled and fixed, and it's real nice. It's right here in the, in, in Glenbrook and uh, and Beltline Road. Uh-huh. So we, we're here. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day of the week, counseling, ministering, um, You know, with kids that come from the streets that have drug problems, gang problems. Um, you know, we have kids that are cutters, emotional problems, uh, yes. abuse, sexually abused, um, physically, physical abuse, and we deal with that. We we
1: just we bring Jesus to them.
2: Mm
1: hmm. Well, i tell you what. I saw your picture, and you, you definitely have, have not aged at oh. all. <laughs> oh, I think, I think uh, hanging around with those kids has kept you young. I still wear my covers, my jeans, and I'm
2: still, you know, I don't get dressed up at home like cause I'm with them, you know. Yes. But, um, yeah, that's the kind of work we do, and I still do a lot of I – mean, then we have church Sunday night. Um, at 7 o'clock, we have Bible studies on Wednesdays, and, and our congregation is strictly the youngest is from 12 to 20 years of age.
1: uh uh-huh.
2: And the 20 years old are my elders.
1: My, my.
2: Yeah, they are the elders here. We are the ones with
1: you offering something every every uh, uh, night of the week, you keep them off the streets, don't you?
2: Oh yes. Oh, yes. In fact, um, yeah, we do. Um, and then another thing that we were, um, and I used it as uh, to reach kids. Uh, Dallas County kind of um, approved for us to accept kids to do community service, and really, when you see this building, it's always super clean because of that. And because people don't want to get teenagers to come into their buildings to do community service. But I tell them, if you come, I'll give you the hours, but you have to come to church. I'll give you the hours, but you have to come to Bible study. And that's how we're reaching them. These are kids that are in trouble with the law and everything, yes.
1: That is excellent. Well, I know know that you have a tremendous testimony, and we, we want to give you an opportunity to share that. Uh, with our listeners so uh, I, I'm going to leave where to start out up to you but uh, as as you think back over your life uh, where where did you first uh, come to know the Lord
2: oh it was um, back in 1963 64 yeah through the David Walker's Ministries
1: which just uh-huh. the, then
2: then Teen Challenge there was it was just beginning teenage evangelism and that's where um, someone came into the streets of the Bronx and mainly at that time all the people that were getting sick there were the guys male from the gang members drug addicts from the streets it seems like the women were harder to be rich and I was a young girl I just turned 21 22 but I started doing drugs and beating gangs since I came from Puerto Rico at the age of 12, 13. So I was in it for a long, you know, in and out of jails and institutions and whatnot. So when these guys came and told me about the Lord, and I didn't want to hear it, but it was winter, it was cold, and they told me they were going to take me to a place that they would help. So they took me to the David Workers of Ministry Team Challenge, and they really didn't want to take me because I was a woman, a young girl, the only two guys, but the lady that worked there, uh, she was real Pentecostal, the Pentecostal beehive, the Pentecostal pasted face, you know, that kind of, that was way back, old school Pentecost, you know,
1: yes, the
2: way the women dressed and looked, and she came out with her Pentecostal self, and, and when they told me, no, she can't stay here, we don't work with girls, she's going to have to leave, and it was cold, it was winter. And I thought, "Well, go back into the streets, and she came out here with a hallelujah, and uh, God sent you here, and she told the, the director said, "You know, I can't send her into the streets. Why don't you let me let her stay with me in my apartment?" Now, this lady took a chance because she didn't know me, and she took a chance by going over the pastor the director by saying, "Let her spend the night with me, please." And they, they couldn't say no. And and I stayed, but before she prayed for me, she made me take a shower and clean up because I smelled terrible. <laughs> I've been sleeping out of that corner for so long. They didn't call us homeless then, back in the 60s. You know, mm-hmm. the, the word homeless wasn't as popular as it is now. You know, people understand homeless. and And, you know, we were still crazy then too, you know, because of, out out in the streets and she took a chance by letting me stay there. She cleaned me up and then she lay hands on me and prayed for me. And you know, even before I got saved, when people talk about healing, you know, you know, I wasn't safe. And Jesus healed me before I even accepted him into my life. Hmm. This made me pray for me. And I was real afraid because I knew I had a kick. they told me they wouldn't give me medication that I had kicked cold turkey, meaning I had kicked many drug habits in jails and everything. And I used to get so sick. But she said, we don't call it cold turkey. We call it warm turkey because it's through the power of Jesus. And I thought, Oh, this lady doesn't know how sick I'm going to get. And she better be ready. Well, you know, Jesus healed me. I did not Mm go through any withdrawal symptoms. Not one. And I used to go into convulsions kicking drugs. No Mm. one convulsion, nothing. This lady's faith, praying for me and believing God for my healing, did happen. And uh, I stayed there. I didn't get saved overnight, so they had to take me to a Katherine Kuhlman rally so I could get saved three months later. And that's where basically that's where I accepted the Lord.
1: My my, well, Marsha, I'm here. Where were your parents at this point?
2: Oh no, I didn't have parents. I was born to a a mother that was just turned fourteen years old. She was three months pregnant. My father had committed suicide at the age of almost seventeen. He left my mother expecting, pregnant of me, three months. He committed suicide. He drank some lyso. So he was really desperate, you know, to commit suicide. And brought daylight so he left me with a, a girl that was only thirteen and a half years old um didn't have a mother herself didn't have a father and um when i was born my father's mother my grandmother took me and her and me in they she took us both in um and then my mother left and i stayed with my grandmother
1: mm-hmm. and
2: that's where i was raised i mean raised you know not not really because my grandmother had to work somewhere. She uh, she was a maid and she cooked for the priest in the Catholic uh, church in, in my hometown in Caguas. So I got a scholarship to go to school. But even there, going to the Catholic school, it was like this only rich kids went to Catholic school. So the rich little kids didn't want me because I was the maid's granddaughter. When I went to my barrio, the kids in the Mario didn't want me because I was trying to be better than them. So I grew mm-hmm. up very lonely, very isolated, very angry, very bitter because I felt like I didn't belong anywhere. And uh, then my grandmother moved to New York City. She, her son came out here and she thought money grown trees in New York. So she sold a little shark for $500 and we came to New York. And that's on my, the rest of the, like you said, Marsha, Paul Harvey. And now comes the rest of the story.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, so you married Demi. Yeah, that was many years later. Uh-huh. And After how did we both you meet same.
2: Him? Uh, Working at Teen Challenge with David Wilkerson. Yeah. I had gotten saved by then. I went to school. I had had a son that was born... Um, one of the first children nothing to be proud of addicted to drugs because i was 17 and by the way my son now is 50 something years old he loves the lord he's been married 35 years and he's in full-time ministry just like me and does the ah, same kind of thing i do but he works in phoenix arizona he just moved out of garland uh when my husband passed away he came out here to work with me in the ministry and. Then God took him He said, well, Mom, you're ready now to continue on. And the Lord took him in March to Phoenix, Arizona, to do urban ministry.
1: My, my.
2: So anyway, I had done Danny, and he was born and big that he was taken away from me. My grandmother had him, and I thought, oh, oh, no, I don't want the same thing that happened to me to happen to him. You know, like my mother, myself, type of... uh, Syndrome, and I said, no, he's going to end up because he was being raised in the South Bronx, the same neighborhood, the same environment. And I thought, I can't do this to my son. So uh, that's when I found the Lord, and he was given back to me. I met Demi, and we got married, and he adopted Dundee.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then I had three other beautiful children. And you know what happened to my daddy. He was killed in Dallas. Serving yes. the Lord, serving the Lord. But um, That was a good boy. Oh, my gosh. You remember him. He loved the Lord more than we did. He, he was yes. just a wonderful son, and he was shot and killed in, in Dallas, working for the Lord, an uh, uh, urban missionary.
1: My, my. Was, it was uh, that was a drive-by, wasn't it?
2: Well, no, what happened was he, he moved close to the ministry we were at at the time. We were in Dallas. And he wanted to move close to the ministry. So he found an apartment there because we used to open from 7 in the morning to 10 and 11 o'clock at night. That's the closest to residential we could offer teenagers because the state of Texas doesn't allow a lot of that, residential mi, pro, ministries, you know. So mm-hmm. he wanted to move close by. We didn't know it was such a bad neighborhood, but we, he would have done it because Danny wanted to be right there in the hood, like they said among the kids you work we work with and one night after we had ministry he he went to drop some kids off I used to drop some and he went back into his apartment and going into his apartment he was shot and killed they said it was mistaken identity or robbery motive
1: hmm mama did they ever find out who did that
2: never it was in 1990 never ever ever
1: my my, let's just agree right now. Whoever did that, that the Lord will save them. Yes, and not and and that they will that they will never forget what they've done and uh, seek God uh, for forgiveness and and come to know the Lord. And well, right you know, now, Father, look, we just then... lift up that one that did that yeah. thing that that took Danny's life, Father. That uh, that he will he will come to know you and we just stand upon your word father we just we just accept your word for for salvation for that young, for that person whoever that was even now even this time later and we thank you for it well uh, cookie i realize that you have been taking kids to camp someone said oh
2: yes yes we took i took 38. Inner city teenagers, urban kids that had never been away anywhere, and uh, we took them. Yes, yes, um, thirty-eight. Yes, to North Carolina. Mom. To North Carolina.
1: Mom. and and uh, you know, did you and have some? You have some real changes take place? Oh my lord! You know, I was I was at
2: a, an interview the other day, and um and one of the things because after the services at night we have what we call cabin time we gather together and we um then we do it on a one-on-one personal you know we break out in groups and these kids said um you know what about this jesus for what he said "Um, no matter what i do i'm in a foster home and any little thing that i do and he said these words and later on i found out that there's many kids i use that saying now it returned to sender. They return me to whoever sent me, wherever. You know, uh, oh my God, it broke my heart. I thought that reminds me of me. Uh, for any little thing that I would do, they would return me to sender, address unknown, because we never had an address. Because they just sent us from place to place to place to place. You know, and yes. uh, and, and this boy now he he did accept the Lord uh, at camp, and not only him, you know. A lot of things happen at camp. A lot of these girls have been sexually abused or mm. abused by. And, and when I get back, that's when my work started because once these girls open up, crying, and say I was abused by my uncle, I or oh, this and this happened to me, I have to legally, and morally, and spiritually report it. So I immediately, as soon as we got off the bus from camp. I had to tell the mother. And then from there, I had to call the Garland police and report it, you know? And yeah. so it's been a process since we've been back, day after day, dealing with counseling and reassuring the, these kids, you don't have to be afraid. Don't worry, you have to speak up. And these are little girls that were, one, you know, were being abused by a mm. family member or someone. And they were so afraid to talk about it. Well. You know, I hope the men get saved. But three days ago, one of the men got arrested. That are yes. abused three sisters that went to camp with us.
1: Well, Sandra, I know that you've got some things you want to talk with Cookie well, about. Yeah, I've just, been sitting you just here, Let I've been me just, just turn it to right you, darling. Point. I
0: just, yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm just, uh, that I had written down that return to sender. I read that cookie today uh, um, on your on your Facebook, and I just wept because of of the kids that that you're working with, but praising the Lord that you're helping to change their life. And
2: yeah, like, yeah, like the Angela, the one that brought out that return to sender. Yeah. no one knew even the school didn't know that his grandmother passed away in April. He was out in the streets, only just turned sixteen, afraid because he didn't want to be. We turned to center we put in a foster home on a place and so he was hiding from CPS hiding from everybody and they brought him to me and I took a chance I prayed I said Lord I got permission from his 20 year old brother so legally I did it legally I said can he go to camp you know when he got back he uh, his his father's in prison his mother had been killed by his father his grandfather, an alcoholic and so abusive that his grandmother had died and the authorities didn't know about him. This kid was out in the streets. I went to South Garland High School the other day and the principal told me, we didn't know this about the, about well, his name is D'Angelo. We didn't know about, about this young boy. He said, no wonder he looks different now. Now we'll be able to help him because now we understand Cookie. So my boy, yeah, he was hurting so bad and suffering so much, and someone gave me the money so he could go to camp, and he went with us.
0: that's wonderful, that's wonderful. Uh, I had heard about you, I lived in Del Rio, and I was helping with uh at victory outreach in the mid eighties, and they all were so excited about you and and what the work that you were doing and your testimony and stuff, so this is a real honor for me to to talk with you tonight, well, and thank so. just you know, as you share the things that that you that you've done and that you're still doing, and you look so young because you're doing what you love,
2: right? And, uh, the, and you know, and I the God, word. you know, a little while ago I was counseling with a 15 year old young Filipino boy that his mother brought heard through the grapevine the great grapevine jesus yeah and, um, and she brought him to me and, and i looked at him and he probably said who is this lady well you know by the time i i told him i, I and i share my i still got old tracks on my arms from the drugs that i did and and i said honey and you know what he came and he hugged me and then i prayed with him and i wish i could share with you the little text he sent me he, this is the way he put it because he you knew he doesn't know anything. on the, the vibes needed the Holy Spirit, but he said the vibes that I felt, I felt God. This a, a young boy that was brought here tonight. He said I felt some vibes and I felt God.
1: How beautiful! You know?
2: And that, but he put it. It, it was so funny because anybody that's religious would say, "Oh vibes? Oh, why is he talking about?" It? The kid never been to church, you know yeah, uh, and yeah. A, his mom is not even agreed she just brought him to me because he needed community I was for something that he did some crime he committed and he found love and he and when i hugged him and we prayed he texted me he texted me he said what i felt there i felt the vibes the energy i mean he was talking kind of weird but but then at the end he said i felt god
0: wow that's awesome
2: and he told me and i'll be in church someday and, and you know, this is an everyday thing here. You have to come here, Marcia. You have to come here and see what we have here, Marcia. You got to talk to, to do that. Yes, you, I'd, you need to. I love yes.
1: to do that. They'll love yeah. you, Marcia, because you're so real. <laughs> yes, she is. And you know what oh, I was I thinking? Tell you, I tell you what, it blesses some and
0: horrifies others. Well, <laughs> you know what I was what I was thinking right now, Marcia. What's you, that? When you met Cookie years ago, you were seeding your love and your wisdom and the presence of God into her life and her family's yes. life. You have seeded that into my life, my husband's yes. life, yes. my children over the years. You, you yes. seed, you seed into people's lives.
2: Well, Marcia doesn't realize, but you know, we were so lonely here. Because when I moved to Garland, I thought we were in Dallas. He said Dallas County. Well, in New York, we just say New York, you know. So I thought I was in Dallas all along. And then yeah. you know, she invited me, and, and then she had a ministry. Remember, Marcia, the ministry you had? That you, I don't know if you have it still, Where you? Um, what was it called? that You worked with, you, you spoke, you had a, 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 like a women's club, but it was for women.
1: Blame. Fellowship. <laughs> Did you say, what was the name? Flame Fellowship. Flame Fellowship. Oh, my Lord. If that ministry had
2: nothing. You know what Marsha used to do? She used to invite me to go with her. Little towns that I never even knew existed. And she would speak and she would introduce me. And from that, by her credibility, by her introducing me to this this women's group, that's where this ministry started. Because I was ready to move back. I wanted to leave Texas. We wanted to go back. And Marsha took me under her wing, and she would take me to all these Flame Fellowship meetings and introduce me and give me an opportunity to meet these ladies. And then it was love after that. These ladies opened up their arms and
1: doors, and from there, this ministry started. Just from my that. My. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, Marsha. something. Well, I tell you what, uh, you were always a blessing, that's for sure and i i was just proud of you for doing the work of the lord you know we find that a lot of people will say well if i had so and so if i could do so and so uh what i would do for the lord but uh, you didn't say anything you just did it and yeah. uh, even when you didn't have a lot i mean you took off and <laughs> and produced out of nothing it was tremendous so i was so proud of you i just uh, uh and i always have been uh in awe that you could reach these young people and how much more as you have have uh, uh gained a few years and yet you're you've not diminished in the power that the lord sent you out in and, uh, you know, I, I'm i reminded that we produce according to the power that works within us. And God has had his hand on you for many years. You know, have you ever noticed, too, Cookie, that a lot of times people's ministry changes uh, once uh, they, uh, they um, uh, get a few years under their belt and uh, their ministry changes? But yours has never changed. You've stayed in oh, the no. same... Same vein of thought, you have uh, uh, stayed with those, uh, reaching out to those kids, and it, to to have them responding to you is proof alone that the Lord has has anointed you for that. And no,
2: when then you know what somebody, yeah, somebody meant to insult me, and she said, "Who do you think you are, the queen of the ghetto?" And I said, "I'm God's queen <laughs> of the ghetto." You know, uh-huh. thank you. That's a good title. <laughs>
1: You know, I think you need to have a, a sequel to your book. You need to have Queen of the Ghetto now. <laughs> right,
2: because she, she thought she was insulting me. Who do you think you are? I said, well, praise God, it's <laughs> like the title, because I love it.
1: <laughs> yes, seriously, you need to, You need. I think you need to do a book and tell about some of the experiences and, and what all this taken place.
2: I know yeah. I didn't even know when I did Please Made Me Cry, I knew Bob Wittica He I just barely started Wittica House. But I don't know how to, you know, I'm, like you said, I'm so much people's people that I, I don't really know a whole lot of people like you might think I do because I'm so much with like these kids. I, I love to do one. You know why I like to do one? And, and the title, you said Queen of the Ghetto, I said, Haven't I Cried Enough?
1: Yeah, well, you may not know uh, have known a lot of people, but a lot of people know you, <laughs> and uh, yeah. they're going to know you more after they he- hear you uh, uh, on uh, sharing your life. And I'll tell you, I, I, I believe that uh, you have got a lot to share, not only with the with the youth, but with women uh, who. Uh, look for look for something to do, could you ever use any extra helpers?
2: Oh, yes. You know, I, I, like, you know, when women want to retire and I said, oh, they, these kids need you, people need you, you know, don't just – that's a you know, when we give up, you know, when we give up, we said, oh, we're too old or we're not, you know, ready to retire or whatever. Oh, my God, we need volunteers here because – since my husband passed away, and then my son just left in March. Now, I have a grandson that's 24 years old now. He's been with me since he was 15, working here with me. Uh-huh. And uh, he will remind you of my Danny, but he wasn't Danny's son, It's Chrissy's son, one of my daughter's son. And he's been faithful working here with me. But, you know, when my husband passed away, Marsha, you know, I've always been out in the streets. That's my heart, that's my life. I love. Yes. Out there talking and in the streets to parents to schools, and and um, then all of a sudden I'm, I'm in the office of pastoring because who else would pastor these kids, you know? Yes, and so we average 40, 50 kids on Sunday, they come for Bible study, 30, 40 kids for Bible study on Wednesday, you know, mm. and, and it's, uh, it's kind of a little bit overwhelming. Uh, I've been yes. doing this and I've been praying, but I said, Okay, God. At, at 74 years old now i started to pastor these kids
1: my mind
0: yeah. with you all know? the knowledge that you have and all the sharing that you, that you have you have jesus in you and he makes a hundred percent cookie wow
2: and you know I've, yeah. I've been
0: hesitant because it's not the office it's
2: or oh, the title is i don't know enough of a i said oh lord can i do this so I'm studying more because now I got to speak more on Sundays, you know, I got to, uh, but it's to their level where they can understand. And, and so it's, 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 a different responsibility. It's a different method or message than from being out in the streets, preaching and sharing than it is to bring in the word on Sunday evenings to these kids.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, so
2: I used to come are... out on Sunday night, Marsha and, and I minister to these kids. Help me.
1: <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, you're hearing her cry uh, for help, and some of you need to get up out of the rocking chair and yes. head over there and go see what you can do. I tell you what. I bet you, if you took a plate of cookies and walked in oh, the door, yes. uh, you'd be very well w- welcome too. <laughs> well, oh, you yeah, a lot on Sunday of the kids night, I'm sure don't have uh, regular meals and things like that. So you probably have a, have a lot that faces you over there. That's right. You know, like
2: like on Sunday nights, sometimes I gotta go uh, to Walmart and buy you know those buy a plate of sandwiches for twenty five dollars. So I have another deal with the pizza place and and because they don't a lot of these parents, um, some of them like the Angelos. They don't have a mother because she's dead or have died of an overdose. Um, I give you an example. Another one of our mother's a kid's mother was selling drugs in the streets, and when she got busted, she swallowed all the drugs and died in the police station of an mm. overdose. Because and he left yeah. her son, and I, and Jamie, and then Jamie came to us, and I and, and you know they don't have. He would be starving. He would be hungry all the time, and so I have to feed him. We have to. So yes, we welcome any, I mean, they, like on Sundays, they come in early and they eat. Wednesday, they come in early and they eat. Today, I had, I had about 10 of them here, helping us clean, because we do general cleaning on Thursdays. Uh, I mean, they were 11, and I had to run, and I got a deal with a pizza place, and I bought them pizza so they could eat, because otherwise, this is the only meal that they would get except for their lunch, free lunches at school.
1: All right. Where are you getting your financing uh, to do all this now? Well, this I, I got that, them.
0: Uh,
1: uh, is this something that those that are listening, that, that they could respond to to help you?
2: Oh, yes. You know You know what? Um, I send out a little monthly newsletter about 200 people every month. And then I still travel in, in, in the summer for one or two weeks, and I visit different churches, like, uh, you know, to so thank them for sending little offerings. And so we work on that budget that we get. Then in the morning, Sunday mornings, I was renting. And by the way, Marsha, pray, you pray for me. I'm broken about this. Um, the extra help we were getting to pay the rent here was a, a church that was renting from us Sunday mornings and, and Friday nights, and they were helping me pay the rent. Well, the pastor I just sent me a text that, Sunday will be his last Sunday here. I said, Oh Lord, what am I gonna do now? To pay the rent because he was paying me, we were going on it was giving me a thousand dollars a month because we pay about three thousand a month here. You know? Yes. And I said, Oh Lord, what am I gonna do now? And I've been praying and I, I told some of the me, my leaders, some of the kids, I said to them Wednesday, kids, please start praying because in you know, October we gotta pay this rent, you know? And so we, we just Strictly faith, one day at a time. Uh, sometimes somebody might walk in through the door and bring food already cooked for the kids. Other times they come in and they give me a check, and I open. Oh my God! Look, we got five hundred dollars. We got two hundred. It's strictly faith.
1: We so never know from faith ministry. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Marcia Todd will be posting all the information of how to reach <laughs> her and, and that those that do want to help so. He'll be yes. putting that on real cuffs when you know when he when he puts the interview on.
1: Yes. Okay. That is good. Yeah. Well maybe we can help a little bit by letting people know what's what's happening with you and and the ministry that you have uh, stayed faithful at for how many years now?
2: Wow. since really real together, fifty, but here in Texas since eighty
1: two. My, my. Well, the Lord hasn't failed you yet, has he?
2: No. And no. and, and you know, every minute of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know. But I love it. And uh, and, and these kids, they need, you know, they're both girls and boys. Uh, I, I wish you'd come out and see their faces and see them. Uh, I know you will be moved and touched. And, um, and that's why we love them.
1: Well, we need to come over there. What time do you start on Sunday evening? At seven fifteen. Seven fifteen, and what? what, Where? What is the address?
2: Nine hundred one Beltline Road, Garland, seven five zero four zero. Okay. Suite one hundred eight. Suite one hundred
1: eight. My my, well, I tell you, you have you have got a unique ministry. Happening, and uh, it it is one that uh, it it defies logic when when a woman of your age works with teenagers, and we're, and not only that, and they love it, they love it. Yeah. Well, tell us about camp. What took place at camp this year?
2: Okay, um, well, like I said, we 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 um, we took thirty eight kids. It, you know, the Lord provided because we had to pay three hundred dollars per kid. And we said, oh, Lord, where are we going to get that money? And we started started praying. And God's people, you know, I visited a few churches. I present; they allowed me to present the need. Um, I put it on Facebook. Uh, and do you know that by the time camp came, we had the $10,000 to pay for those kids, 11000 to pay for all those kids.
1: My, my.
2: So when oh, we got there, you know, I they had never been out in the country, you know, Marsha, I had a hike up a mountain to prove to them that they could do it. These kids, you know, they city, in inner city, they don't know how to hike. They don't know. But part of the camp is that we have to hike, you know, the mountains in North Carolina, five miles hike. And and no, Miss Cookie, we can't. We don't want to do. It. I said, okay, now I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, and we're going to do it. And I did. We hiked that mountain, and they they went up there with me. And I got something in my wall that I hiked the Windy Gap, North Carolina mountain. And they followed a challenge. Then there we have different things to challenge them. So we have the ropes course where they help each other cross over and go through the, you know, they learned so much, these kids, but the main part was the word of God. And the cabin time at night, that's when they would cry. They would open up a lot of them didn't want to come back home. Can we stay out here? Can we stay out here please, Miss Cookie? Please. You know we can. You know we can. Marsha, it's so yes. that here on Wednesday at the Bible study and Sunday in church, Miss Cookie, do we have to go home? Please come on, can we stay a little longer? Kids that are begging to stay in church.
1: Mm. My, my.
2: You know. Some, and some kids you kids, have to beg them to, to get ready to go to <laughs> church. Oh, these must start calling up. Can you pick us up? Uh, when are you going to pick us up? And these are teenagers that have been out in the streets, hardcore, you know. Well, did they? You, I heard your van got stolen. Yes, it did. And we, you know me, I hit the street. We found it back. It was almost destroyed, but um, the, the, it ended up in City, Texas. And the police department found it and when they called me, oh my God, it broke my heart. And it took us like two, three months uh, to put it together because then the seats were taken. They tried to strip it or something, I think. And so um, one day the police department said, hey, we found some seats in front of somebody's garage. Then we ran out there and they were our seats, the bench seats. And so we piled them up in a pickup truck and brought them and, um, and then the insurance company gave us some of it. You know how they never give you because we had, the, we had the, the pay that we had a race to pay it. Um, I forgot whatever you call it, but you got to see the van here. We pick up kids in it now, but it took us like, it threw us off about three or four months before we found the van, we found
1: everything and we put the van together again. Like humpty Thank God you got your van back. Yeah, humpty dumpty. You know? Yes. Well praise the Lord. Well, uh what is what uh tell us about one of the biggest changes that you've seen with one of the one of the kids that you've helped recently. Oh, okay. I mean I can tell you
2: several of them. um, um my God it just breaks my heart, but the main one of the main ones is um, his name is Paulo you know I mean I I can say because that's his nickname All these kids have nicknames and when he came to me two years ago he um, he was a a gang member here in Garland uh, on drugs a lot of drugs and and he was on probation and even the probation department didn't trust him he was 14 and a half years old going on 30 you know so he knew I met his mother after two and a half years, I just barely met his mother not long ago. Through a door, knocking on the door to pick him up for church. I still haven't really, really met her. Um, Polo, uh, even the probation officer said, Cookie, why are with Polo? Why are with Polo? Well, Polo came in and little by little, you know, we started ministering to him. The first thing he yeah. said, he said, I'm going to leave the gang. And, and he was one of the gang leaders in the area. He said, mm. I want to quit the gang. I just, I'm tired. I want to quit. Tired at the age of 15 years old. And and he had a struggle with the drugs. But we stood mm. by him, you know, that's where that unconditional love. Because don't forget, we're not a residential program. They have to go home yeah. every and face the temptations every day. So when one of these kids gets set free from drugs and gangs, it's a real set free You know, power, you know, we don't isolate them from from the neighborhood or anything. They gotta go back every day and they come back every day. And then Polo was set free from drugs. He'll tell, you'll meet him when you come, you'll see Polo, you you won't miss him because he is one of our kids that is one, I mean, on fire for God, and he'll tell you, he said, I don't, I'm clean from drugs, I'm clean from gangs, but he has to go home every day and he has to go to the same school every day. But he is free. And then I had another little girl that, that was a cutter. She was had been on drugs, had been abused, and she just took all that anger and cutting herself, cutting herself, cutting herself. I took her to camp last year, and she opened up a cabin time and just started crying and crying and crying. Wait till you see my. She shines. She is beautiful. Her Mm. name is Angelica. She was set free. She brought her brother, now comes here. She even brought her mother. Uh, you know, and Angelica is like an angel. She's an angel. She quit cutting herself. God set her free from that demon that had her, you know, bound. No drugs. She her self worth again, because when you're a cutter, when you, you know, do drugs and all that as a young girl of 14, 15 years old, you have no self worth. Boys take advantage of you. You have to see how sure of herself she is in Christ though.
1: How secure
2: she's in Christ. So I got a bunch of them. I have one of the other little girls that her father got killed during the tornado, you know, for Christmas.
1: Uh-huh.
2: He was one of those that got killed on, on George Bush. Christmas Day. Christmas, you know, and her father got killed. He was coming from doing some construction work. And she was um, doing drugs, fifteen years old doing heroin and uh, I would, uh, that got killed so it made it worse and so the schools had to report it to the authorities because she was selling drugs in her high school 15 years old and um, then finally when she was doing time they told me about her at the school talked to me and said cookie can you find her please eventually we want her back right now she was selling drugs in school we can't have her here but her father got killed mother can't speak English her mother got Rheumatoid arthritis. She can't even work. Um, She has brothers and sisters. And please, well, you know, I went to that home. I met the mom. And then I met Nancy. Nancy is part of our church now in ministry. She's part of street church. She's back in South Garland High School. and, uh, And we're working real close with her. You'll be meeting her too. Yes. And she started coming in February. So, you know, and I have a bunch of. Uh, D'Angelo, um, Gerardo. I mean, I got so many of them that that are, you know,
0: like came from the street. That came from. I remember you said that Cookie was your street name. Yes. To keep the police from knowing your real name, what you really were. So the street names. And Cookie I was know. your street name. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes, my real name is Irma, but people say Irma, but I'm Irma. Irma. Irma Marina. Irma Marina. How about
1: that? <laughs> I like Marina. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, well, I you know, Marina. The Lord has, the Lord has uh, given you a job to do, and you're doing it well, and you're doing it with, with all of your might, and you are producing in, in places where uh, others cannot or will not go, and uh, it, it's absolutely amazing that uh, you have only increased in strength. That you've not diminished because of your age or because of your uh, strength uh, waning. You have only increased uh, in in your ability to do what the Lord. You know you're you're among those that the Word of God says produce uh, like a tree, a tree, and uh, and your leaf is not withering. You are. Continuing on strong in the Lord and what would you tell what would you tell someone today uh, that wants to do something for God and they feel like the Lord's got something for them but they can't quite figure out what it is. What would you tell them cookie?
2: You know and, and it's something that it be, has to be between them and the Lord and how much they're willing to surrender. And it's all about surrendering and saying Lord I don't know I know that I want to be use of you but I don't know where to start but God here I am you know send me open the yes. doors you know there's always and that's where it was said. you know even after my son got killed after my son got killed um, I had two three years that as you know I had to show my face in the media because uh, the night that my son we had a memorial for my son, this young boy was so angry that the boy got killed that he went into a park to do target shooting he had a gun he was 15 years old. And when he was target shooting the bullet hit a pregnant lady and she got killed. And the police came to me I have not too many people know this. The police came to me and said cookie, you need to be strong. You need to show your face. That's why I was always in the media because these kids love diva and they angry and they're going to go out there and God knows please cookie so Marsha, for three years I couldn't cry for three years I couldn't grieve for three years I had to be super woman you know and Mm -hmm. the Lord there were times that I could not raise my hands in church and I praise God I would tell my husband I can't praise I can't praise God anymore I can't raise my hands because I used to love I love worship and praise and that's my thing raising my hands to the Lord I said Demi, I can't raise my hands. I just can't, can't. And, um, and for three years, I had to be strong. And then after three years, I, I collapsed. I I just, this is it, Lord. I, I went through a dark period, and I'm going to tell you, because it wasn't from, it wasn't, you know, where I even painted the walls dark blue, carpeting blue. I didn't want to, I didn't want to have no joy. I wanted to grieve. You know, like in the, in the Old Testament days, sackcloth. You know, that's the way I felt. Yes. And, and I and I isolated myself, and and then one day, I was I was I said, Lord, I'm losing it. I uh, I know that these kids are hurting out there, especially the boy that killed that woman. He didn't mean to. In fact, he just came out four years ago, and he's serving the Lord. You know. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, uh, I said, I said, Lord, there's so many kids, and and one day I just got up. And this is where whoever is praying and saying, Lord, I want to, there comes that day where you just have have to get on and rebuke the devil and rebuke any negative thoughts and take authority over whatever power that has you holding you back and say, let me go. Let me go. And that's what I had to do. Let me go. Let me go. Please God. Devil, I rebuke you. Let me go, devil. I need to be out there back in the streets. And I just walked out the door and started all over again.
1: Mm-hmm. Praise gone. Well, I tell you what, we had you to open in prayer, and we're going to have you uh, close in prayer, uh, Sandra. And I want you to pray for uh, those that are hearing that they may have a son that's out on the street or a daughter, and they're... Uh, their biggest hope is that someone like Cookie would would reach them for the Lord, and uh, let's pray for those that the the mothers that are hurting, that their their children they some of them don't even know where their kids are, but some of the mothers that uh, have have uh, uh, just neglected their children because they've gotten caught up with the things of this life, but. We, we need to make a call for mothers to come back and to, and to know what's going on in their family and, and to have the strength and the wisdom to, to uh, uh, do what they can while they can and while they have the opportunity to turn their children's hearts toward the Lord. But many times, even with those that do all that they know to do, the, the kids get away. So Sandra in in finishing this tonight and wrapping this up uh, because our time is has uh closed i'm i'm telling you i don't know where the time has gone it's gone too quick but uh would you would you pray not only for cookie but would you pray for the mothers that are listening that might have uh a a need of of someone like cookie in their life that would go after their children and let's believe god for our children tonight go Go ahead Sandra. Father, we do. We
0: do lift all of these things up to you. We lift up Cookie's ministry there, Street Church, Lord. Send in the labors and the finances so that she can continue making a difference in those children's lives. And, Lord, for those, the family, the mothers, those that don't even know where their children are, they may not even know God, but knowing God is just saying, Jesus, if you're real, just reveal yourself to me. Show me. Show me. Help. And, and, and that's a prayer to God and He'll hear it and He'll answer you. And Lord, we just ask that, that you'll give them guidance through your word, through other laborers. Just, just you themselves, Lord, speak to them and show them. Show them the path that they need to walk in to get their families back together, to get their children back to get husbands back that have left. Lord, we need the family. We need the, your your plan was the family and the family needs to know you to be complete. A person's not complete until they know you. And Father we pray for all those kids out there. We pray for adults. We pray for those that, that hear the tape. Lord that they'll know that you love them and care for them just as much as as cookie dud just giving her life spreading out to those kids that's in her call and we thank you and praise you for that lord we thank you for marcia we thank you for marcia's words and lord that that those that will come to know you then you'll direct them where they'll grow in the lord you'll direct them to the church or an area or to someone that will be able to minister to them to make their life complete Lord, we praise you and we honor you. your Cookie shared so many things, Lord, that that touched hearts and that showed her what she's walked through and the pains that she's walked through. And yet she was able to, to, even after those tragedies, she was able to come back and get close to you. And you never left her. You never leave any of us. You're always there. You never leave us or forsake us. We just need to call out to you, and we thank you, and we do this day, and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you,
1: Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And, Cookie, one more thing. I want to ask, what is the scripture that you have stood on the most through your ministry? Uh, to these uh, to the children of the streets, what is something that you've tapped into that has kept you on target that keeps you pressing in and holding on and and going for the gold with these kids? tell me what god's what particular scripture in God's word that has been a strength to you
2: and you know it's a simple scripture, and even the kids memorized it. It took me three months to memorize that scripture. And the reason I love it so much is because it talks about God's love and it's John three sixteen. Simple. The gospel there, for God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son, that if I believe or oh, whoever believes in him should not perish, should not be lost, but have everlasting life. But I I it's for God so love. And this case, in fact, I'm speaking on love this Sunday and I spoke I'm doing a series on love. Because that's one thing that they don't know they don't understand that people don't understand God's love or they don't understand love that's why they are so mean and they do the things they do but once they experience God's love your whole life changes
1: Amen. Amen. Thank Praise you so God. much, Cookie Rodriguez. Amen. You're a blessing, and you're an encouragement to me to continue on with the work of the Lord. And uh, we want to thank you for being with us, and we'll uh, speak with you again soon. Okay,
2: thank you. And don't forget, Marcia.
1: God bless you. Okay,
2: love you.
0: God love you. bless you, darling.